Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Commander Clash podcast, where we talk all things Commander. And this week, we're talking March of the Machine and uh, March of the Machine Commander, and all the cards we're excited to play about, uh, to to play and try and test out. So they may not be the most powerful cards, uh, maybe they will be, uh, but we're going to talk about some of the cards we're hyped to play. So joining me today is Budget Commander Tomer. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I love talking about new cards. It's going to be a blast to go through. Well, thank goodness Wizards gave us many, many new cards, so (laughs) you'll be happy for a long time. (laughs) Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive. How are you doing? I am doing great, too. This set looks super sweet. And from Germany, we got Phil with daylight outside. How are you doing, Phil? Brewer's Kitchen. Yes, very nice. I'm so excited for this set. It looks... I mean, I'm hyped for every set, but again, for this one as well, looks pretty mm-hmm. good. All right. Before we get into March of the Machine, uh, make sure you like, follow, subscribe uh, on whatever platform you're listening to us on. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, etc. And also, today's show is brought to you by Card Conduit, the easiest way to sell your magic cards. Uh, Card Conduit lets you skip all the typing and time and work associated with buy listing. Their curated service lets you send in as many cards as you want with buy list value one or more, and you'll pay just a 5% service fee. And you can use their sorted service where you list and sort your cards and pay only 2%. You get a detailed report and fast payment once your order is processed. And you can get 10% off by using our, our code MTGGoldfish at cardconduit.com slash MTGGoldfish. Thank you, CardConduit, for supporting today's show. And uh, I've used CardConduit, and they are fast. And they are is cheap, that new? Actually. Did we just get sponsored? Oh, yeah, CardConduit. Yeah. The easiest way to sell your magic cards is now sponsoring our show. So thank Whoa! you to Card Conduit. Bottle beans. That's great. Now, back to March of the Machine. Uh, we we have handpicked 12 cards that we are excited about. Uh, so Seth, do you want to kick us off with the card you are excited about from March of the Machine? I mean, I had to go for the most March of the Machine-y card. Like... In March of the Machines, the whole deal is battles. Like, that's the new card type. That's what everyone's hyped about. And Wizards gave us the perfect card for a five-color battle deck, or just a five-color deck with battles, and begin the invasion, which is one of each color in X, sorcery, tutor X battles with different names, put them on the battlefield, and then shuffle. So essentially, if you pay six mana, you get a battle. Seven mana, you get two battles. If you pay ten mana, you get five battles. This card is probably one of my favorite cards from the set. I think this card is like, yes, you got to play battles to make it good, which I think is fine, because if you look at battles, a lot of them have pretty powerful ETBs. There's removal, there's creature production, there's graveyard recursion, uh, card draw, pretty much anything you could want. You can find that effect on a battle. And the rate on this is pretty pretty good a lot of battles are like four mana five mana six mana so you're really not paying a meaningful tax on this if you're casting this x2 or x3 you're getting more mana worth of battles than you're spending on uh begin the invasion and you get all this selection where if you need a wrath you snag the wrath battle if you're in good shape you grab some card draw or battles that make creatures so i think begin the invasion is one of the cards i'm most excited to uh to cast from the sign just put a bunch of battles on the battlefield and see what happens Who's the battle commander? That's a actually a very good question. So I I would guess it's just a generic five color good stuff commander. There's not really like 
We don't have a legend that specifically works with battles, right? That I'm, I'm, there's not anything that says battles on it. Battles aren't enchantments, so like enchantressy stuff doesn't work. So uh, I guess you just play like Joda, like Kenrith, so Azika. I, so I have a, I have a budget commander coming out relatively soon trying to tackle this, and it was kind of difficult. But for me, at least, what I'm going for is Ramos Dragon Engine because Ramos um, is. Is a five color commander, and you can remove five. It, you get you get to put a plus one plus one counter on it for each time you cast a spell that has like a different color mana cost. So if you cast a red spell, you put one counter on it. If you cast a five color spell, you put five counters on it, and you can remove five counters on it to add double Wooberg. So two red, two white, two black, two green, two uh, whatever. Um, so you make ten mana, double Wooberg. Uh, so you can immediately just cast begin the invasion for X equals five. So that that seems good. The only difficulty that I found is I, there's a lot of a lot of battles are very specific to certain archetypes. Like so, putting them all together seems like there, there's a lot that are kind of generic. There's one that's like uh, destroy all legendary creatures, non-legendary creatures, or like make some tokens. You know, those are those are good in a generic sense. But then a lot of them are just like reveal dragons from your hand, and you're like. So it'll be it'll be interesting. I feel like this this is a card that's going to get more and more powerful as we get more battles. Like I think it's going to be well received, and we're going to get more battles in the future. And this card's stonks will just keep going up. What's what's the best outcome? Like let's say you get three battles, you wipe the board first of all. I think that's the easy one. Wipe but the board. What else do you do? I mean, I guess it depends on the exact situation, but something like. Uh, wipe the board with Invasion of Fiora. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe Cascade with Invasion of Alara. You get a free permanent and you get to draw mm-hmm. a card. If your graveyard's full, Invasion of Chandelar, recurring three permanents from your graveyard is actually pretty powerful. So those are kind of the three that would stand out to me the most. You could also just get ones that make random dorky creatures. The the creature-producing ones. Uh, uh, Invasion of Phyrexia is probably the best, but you need to be able to pay mana for it. So it doesn't really work with tutoring it to the battlefield. But there are some that just like put a 2-2 night token on the battlefield or whatever. So you could get some like recursion. I think another sneaky way to play it is there is one. Oh, what is the it's the red uncommon one that deals four damage to a a battle or opponent. You can set up like the insta battle flip by getting that yeah, one to deal regatha. Regatha. Oh, yeah. If you're watching so, this on the video, I'll have more things. So so you could like get that and get Invasion of Chandelar, get three permanents back from your graveyard with Invasion of Chandelar, and then use the damage from Invasion of Urgatha to flip Invasion of Chandelar into Leyline Surge, which is an enchantment that lets you put a permanent into play from your hand for free in your upkeep. So I think that's another <laughs> sneaky one to add to the pile, because you can immediately flip one of your more powerful battles. I think I'll have to consult you when I build my deck. So. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like a nightmare to build and play, because you yeah. need to balance... The ability to flip these things, like you maybe play Hex Parasite or creatures or things like that. You need to know what to tutor for. And then as you tutor, you need to read both sides of every <laughs> card. Imagine if you had to read all 20 of your invasions <laughs> and you need to read the backside too. And then sequence it correctly such that they flip and do whatever they're supposed to do. Good luck, new players at the table. <laughs> I I have one more question for you guys. So we've been talking about like a dedicated battle deck. 
Is there any merit to playing this in just a generic five-color good stuff deck with, like, four or five of the best battles? Like, have this be, I'm going to tutor out a Wrath, the Recur 3 from my graveyard, uh, tutor up an Instant or Sorcery. Like, is there any any merit to playing it outside of a full-on battle tribal deck with a small battle package? Because this just seems so efficient. Like, 10 mana get 5 battles, you're probably getting 25 mana worth of battles on the battlefield or something. For 10 mm-hmm. mana, that's like a ridiculous ramp spell. Is it, what do you think? Is there any chance we play this outside of a dedicated battle deck? It's kind of like the question of, like, do you want to play Sunforger if you only have, like, four or five instants and sorcery, instance in your deck that Sunforger can target them? I think maybe, like, if your deck can make a lot of mana, because you'll need a lot of mana for, you need at least, like, six mana for this to even cast a spell. So yeah. it is a lot. Um, and you might accidentally draw, like, one or two of your battles. So. You, I think I think you want like at least five, probably more than that. So it could be, it could be, and and, and I do think like battles. I I would be very surprised if they went into Lord of the Rings, for example, which is coming out yeah. in the summertime. If we don't get like you know the battle for Helm's Deep or something, you know. So yep. I'm sure as we got more and more just powerful battles that you want to be playing anyway. Uh, that this card, like, just jamming it with just a couple battles is going to make a lot of sense. And... There's gotta be a two or three card win in here. Otherwise, it's like <laughs> ten mana to, like, get some value. Like, is that, yeah. is that really <laughs> what you're trying to do? Like, you, you can probably win the game with, like, any other card, right? So this has to be something, like, you can pull two battles out that, like, combo together to end the game. Um, yeah. Which I don't, I don't think we currently have, but maybe... Yeah. With, newer battles we can actually get there definitely something to keep an eye on for the future and it's just like worth reiterating it puts them on the battlefield unlike yeah. uh like oh no what's that tutor that i always cast from alara and then you all kill me where you get a card of each color that conflux. <laughs> conflux. yeah conflux <laughs> yes. like unlike something like yeah. conflux you more actually of like a light. get to put it on the battlefield right away and if you want more yeah. on battles we've been planning out future podcasts and i think we're going to do a entire battles in commander podcast so keep an eye out for that in the future I will also add, I think this is my favorite art from this set. Like, the art art piece on this one is very cool because it's showing New Phyrexia, the world realm breaker, like, invading every single plane. So each, like, each part of the prism, the color prism, is a different world being invaded by this, like, realm. Which is just really, it's just really cool. It's a really cool way of telling the story, um, but also it's just a very inspiring piece. So good job. I don't know. Who who did it? I, uh, I didn't strangely even... enough, this is not a story spotlight card. Camp Campbell <laughs> Campbell White <laughs> is the artist on that one, and I didn't even realize it. But the the full the full res art is on the internet if you want to yeah. see it, and it looks it looks really sweet. All right, so uh, I I see you're tutoring for value, Seth, <laughs> and I'll give you an actual good tutor. Oh, horny <laughs> <Wow>. broodlord. <laughs> Five black, black, black. So eight mana value. It's a seven, six. It's a dragon. It has convoke uh, flying. When hoarding broodlord enters the battlefield, search your library for a card, exile it face down, then shuffle. For as long as that card remains exiled, you may play it. Spells you cast from exile have convoke. Isn't this card like insane? I think so. Yeah, (laughs) it works well with prosper. 
It's, it yeah. does. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm so tired of the Ursula Frosty I thing. Mean, it's like this, such a meme at this point. This is like Frosty. the 2023 edition of Runescar Demon, right? Like, it's, it's like yes. it's, they took so Runescar and they Runescar cloke it and yeah, yeah give you, you all these extra it. upsides. And you, you can cast it for cheaper. Right? The, the card sits outside. No one can see it. No one knows what it does. And the card itself has Convoke. Yeah. So it's, it's a better really get people. I think I think really it's like good. if you just have a cup if you're like a creature deck if you're just a creature deck I think this card is already quite good if you're obviously exile matters it's very good and then if you're like a go wide style deck like I know this is kind of blasphemy but like we we covered zombies recently and zombies are really good at flooding the board with creatures tokens so like that seems it's not a drag. It's not a zombie, but it's okay. You know. it, this counts as your tutor slot, Tomer. This is yeah, not it's a, a tutor slot. Change. It's I this card is, the is really aspect of it. This card funny, is really funny good enough. Then, so yeah. Zombies, a lot of them come into the battlefield tapped, yeah. so you can't use them. Too yeah, but persist or what's it called? Not the persist decayed. The decayed zombies yeah. enter the battlefield untapped. So Wilhelt and Jadar. I know Phil. Oh you're, yeah, you're, you're looking to build Jadar. Would you? Would you I run this in your build? Already did, and I thought uh, about including it, but in Jada you usually have only one disposable zombie that you sacrifice every turn. Uh, Just yeah. as a good stuff card, though, it is an ETB, right? So if you flicker it or reanimate it, it it will continuously yep. trigger. Save from Thoughtseize if Prim is on the table, and <laughs> why why would you do this? But uh, you it can is wheel. an upside. Like, you there, could there get or something. Yeah, this, right? it is. You can wheel yourself. Yeah. Um, it is an actual upside that is exiled, and just without the okay, it is expensive without convoke. But is it though? The, nah, yeah, not too <laughs> it's much. It's a lot for of just mana, a, yeah. For Roots card a demon. straight up tutor. Ah, nobody plays Roots card oh, demon. So Roots card. Do people not play like, Roots card demon anymore? Let me check the EDH yeah, stats. Yeah, I was just looking. It's, it's like three percent or four percent. It's definitely fallen yeah. from where it was like a decade ago. High. It's also just a good reanimate target, like. That's another yep. way to cheat on the mana. So if you either you're convoking it or you're reanimating it, like Scion of the Ur Dragon is basically Dragon Reanimator. Um, so you could like just dump this into the graveyard with Scion and then use a reanimation spell to to get it back. So like, it's there's also, a lot of synergy potential with this deck. With this it's also sweet that you get to convoke the cards from Exile, so that we're like you're ramping out that card. And there's like Invasion of Kaldheim, one of the new battles that like. Yeah wheels yourself and you exile the cards but you can cast those cards until the next turn so you get some extra synergy there i'm wondering though like uh, say you're playing zombies like do you play this over the other options like or like I some sort like, of go wide deck what, is what this the, the best options? tutor demonic tutor <laughs> vampiric tutor Sidisi. i like sadisi on dead vizier a lot because you like exploit a token and it's five so you go demonic vampiric and then you get into this territory so this is right? like the Sidisi, next the next tier yeah. I mean, if I mean, I'm playing a zombie deck, I'm not running, like, Vampiric Tutor because that makes me sad, but... So you're running a demon? Hoarding, hoarding, <laughs> so yeah, you're hoarding, a dragon. It's, it's a dragon. dragon. I know, I'm a hypocrite, all right? <laughs> Fight me. Yeah, like it's my tutor, but that's here. something else as well. Like, just a straight-up tutor is kind of boring, but if you say, oh, yeah. I just played this big dragon, and turns out I get my best card for the situation, and I can cheat it out... Yeah. Ooh, that is pretty good. Maybe just all, maybe it feels a little too generic for my like. I don't know if I will play it regularly, but as soon as I'm in dragons or exile matters or 
Convoke, whatever. I hope I think about including this card because, my God, the Tudor effect is This, this versus Fortel, right? Yes. No? Oh, yes. wait. Is Fortel an ability? So or spells you cast from exile have Convoke, but when you cast a Fortel spell from exile, you use its Fortel cost, so you can Convoke Ooh. that. It is, from, it is in the exile zone, so you're casting it I... from exile. I assume so. Yeah, I assume oh. it should let you convoke the cards that you foretell, which is that's actually a cool. There's a lot like of synergies for this card. There's some actual like playable yes. foretell cards that Dream people Devour play. is a fun hmm. one. That, that's also prosper. Everything's prosper. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> prosper. We needed to give give prosper more more synergies. Look, I love prosper. I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> if I'm giving you a hard time. It's, just, it's very popular, so I see a lot of prosper. <laughs> All right, um, Tomer, what do you have for us? Alright, I, I have a whole bunch that I'm excited for, and spoiler alert, they're all card draw. Uh, but the one that <laughs> the one that I'm personally the most excited for, and I, I think might go under the radar actually. It's not it's not the most powerful one, but I think it's like low-key very strong. And this is Fire Main Commando. It's a four mana white, four three angel soldier with flying. Whenever you attack with two or more creatures, you draw a card. And whenever another player attacks with two or more creatures, they draw a card if none of those creatures attacked you. So, four mana, four three. It's very easy for you to draw a card on your turn, even the turn it comes out, because even if it doesn't have haste, if you have two other creatures that are attacking, you're going to be drawing a card each turn. So it's basically like a Phyrexian arena for you that you actually have to jump through a hoop to... to uh, to get the value out of, but also it's a 4-3 flyer too. And then the the downside or the group hugginess is that you're actually going to be benefiting your opponents if they're going to be attacking. But I think of this as actually like a huge upside, especially for someone like Mew, who, you know, is usually getting attacked a lot as our, uh, as, a, as a go-to person. Phil, this is a good Phil card, I think, too. Phil gets attacked a lot, too. You're giving a very big incentive for your opponents to not attack you. You're actually giving a very big opponents for your opponents to lower each other's life total for your, for, your, for your value. So, yes, you're drawing them a card, but you're also making them each, like, take four damage a turn, possibly more. Um, it's in order to do that. It's very much like the curse cycle, except you're not cursing one unlucky individual. Everybody's allowed to punch each other in the face as long as they're not hitting you, which is great. So I, I, I'm super excited for it. I think it's Loki, very powerful. I thought you hated Phyrexian Arena. I'm so confused. <laughs> I like a Phyrexian Arena that makes opponents punch themselves in the face. <laughs> I I will say, we've talked about this before, but it doesn't take that much incentive to get people to not to attack you. So I think this really will do a good job of redirecting damage towards your opponents and away from you. So I really like that aspect of it. And then the card draw mode is like, I feel like it's worded pretty safely compared to some of the commander card draw we get where like, triples up if you attack each opponent or something there's like uh, not really a way to to break this right like you attack with two or more creatures even if you attack two at richard two at me two at phil you only draw a single card right yeah i think the only thing that i i could think of is like if you have any sort of like trigger doubling effect like ishin or strionic Mm -hmm. resonator then you could get two cards out of it but for for the most part it's pretty restrictive into one card i mean it will double up for the opponent as well, if it's Everyone, your opponent. Yes. So keep that Even in mind. Even more incentive. <laughs> I guess. I, I you... also like that like you otherwise, sometimes you just don't want to attack, but this gives people more incentive to 
Punch each other in the keeps face. Keeps the game which is going. Great. Yeah, <laughs> and giving them cards to keep the snowball going. Yeah. Would you play this outside of decks with its creature types mattering outside of like angels and soldiers would you just play this in a generic like go wide white deck with a bunch of creatures if i'm playing a creature deck i'm running this i think interesting i totally overlooked it i didn't know this was a card until you brought it up honestly this is the first time hearing of it no let's say how i want (laughs) like pinged all your opponents for like one damage every turn or something one damage you're talking with at least two creatures but it's it's a howling mind that's also theoretically saving you like 10 life a turn or like some reasonable number of life a turn because that damage isn't going at you in theory you draw the card first too ideally because it could trigger on your turn the turn we cast it i would try it but i don't know if i consider it i don't know know. Richard, your your spirited companion can now draw you another card. Yeah, it sounds like cool a Richard all, card. but <laughs> but we're like howling mining everyone, right? Like that's the yeah. that's the other problem. Yeah. It's a little group hug. Like like I, I feel they just draw enough cards and then like one shot. Like like say there's a very scary player at the table, right? They yeah. have like a ten ten trample. And you're like, oh, I'll play this, and like they won't attack me. <laughs> but they'll just draw more cards and then one shot you. Like it, you're. You're not really safe from this, right? Like, would you really feel safe if they had, like, a 20-20 trample? And he's like, oh, I'll play this down. And they'll clearly hit Seth to draw a card. They can just turn around and kill you whenever they feel like it, right? Uh, so I, I don't think this is the end-all, be-all. like, all, a little this deterrence, is... but it's not, it's not foolproof deterrence, right? I, I, I think, think it's, it's... For some people. <laughs> I think it's good deterrence in the, like, mid-game. But once it gets to yeah. the late game and people have big creatures and people are going to die... Then I think the deterrence kind of fades away. But in the mid game, when you play this and everyone's got like some random mana dorks or solemn simulacrums, like those are going to be attacking the uh, someone else, so you can draw cards, like rather than going at you. So I think in the mid game, it's actually pretty pretty decent deterrence. Yeah. This is like it's white Arena, Edric. but like a it's lot white more Edric. work. <laughs> no, it's white Edric. White people don't realize it. No, it's not white. It's, it's like the Scooby Doo moment where you like take off the real and the real person was the it was Edric all along. I love it. Uh, all right, Phil, what do you have for us? I have a card uh, that is probably very fun. I'm not sure how strong it is. Uh, I guess it turns out what you target with it. It is C double four mana instant. This spell can't be countered. That sucks to read, but otherwise it would be too easy. Choose one. If an opponent has eight or more cards in their graveyard, you may choose both. And then you copy target spells. A spell, you may choose a new ta- target for the copy. A copy of a permanent becomes a token. Or create a token that's a copy of target creature. Um, so the this spell can't be copied. It's, this spell is, can't be copied, right? Yeah, yeah it, can't, it is. It can't be copied. It can't, can't loop be itself. Yeah. It would be no too dual easy caster to loop loops for yeah, you, be, my friends. Just it would it would just go infinite go with infinite. any other spell copying Pop. effect, right? Yes. Like, as yeah. soon as you yeah. have this. So what I'm thinking, I'm not sure if... The, I'm actually sure it is not that strong, but it seems insanely fun and flexible. So I like copying everything. I wish I could copy this, but I can't. Uh, the cool part is copy target spell means any spell that is on the stack, you can say, oh, I want this too. And also, if you want to go off and somebody counters your go off spell, you can co- copy the counter and pretty much redirect it. So, um, yeah, I, I don't. I'm not sure if I ever get to use this 
double mode, but I kind of want to try it in Manius Kalga. It makes the token. So, oh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but if I copy a permanent spell, it doesn't create a token rules wise, right? It just becomes a token. Yeah, so it won't, yeah, think, doubling season yeah. or anointed procession won't give you extras or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I thought about. Manus Kaga said, whenever you create a token. Oh, yeah. I, I assume do. it's the same issue, which is yeah, so counterintuitive. But yeah. You can still create a, corp- a token of any creature on the battlefield. So I'm, I will just play this guy. I did the same with Green Sun's Twilight. It says, hey, create a token. So it, it fits the deck. And I think this card is just super flexible and will lead to some probably some rules questions and to mm. some interesting plays that you usually don't see and that's ooh, I love that so I hope I can keep it, up four mana but it seems worth it and it, the worst like the four, floor of this is the best creature on the battlefield or the best spell on the stack in a turn it's cycle it's clone like yeah, you yeah. don't even need to keep the money like I, I, I skipped over this card at the beginning because I thought oh like if I don't have four mana up this doesn't do anything so I don't want to play draw go all the time. Like I'm not grim, um, yeah. but but the, yeah, the floor is you just it's an instance being clone for four mana. So that's not bad. Spell it has clone so. synergy, and I think it's going to be really good in like Anawan rogue rogue decks because those mill and those usually play at, at flash speed too. Ooh, yeah. So I think it, Krim's going to love this card. I think I think he would he would probably, probably enjoy this card a lot. Isn't this card I, just good? Like, is it like, I, I feel like Phil might be underselling it. Like, I don't know. Eight cards in the graveyard in commander doesn't seem like that difficult for one opponent. You only need one opponent to have it. Oh, and yeah. then four mana clone at instant speed is already fine. Plus you get the upside of winning a counter war, copying something on the stack, maybe doing both. I don't know. I'm almost like wondering if this could be staple Like, I feel like you could just play this in any blue deck. I don't know. I really like mythos of Aluna. Which really suffers from color identity issues in Commander oh, yeah. because color. of its like teamer mana that's thrown on there for no reason. But every time I play that card, I end up feeling like, wow, that really overperformed and did a lot more than I expected it to do. I feel like this gives you a lot of that same vibe, except it has a lot of upside and you can play in uh, way more decks because you don't have the teamer mana issue. Yeah, it feels a bit this like... card's insane, right? Oh, yeah, yeah I, like, I kind of think the card's events. really good. So you you, you don't have to play draw. Like you can just copy your own stuff. You can yeah. ponder C double <laughs> like if you want, yeah, right? Cool. And copy a creature and double extra ponder. ponder. <laughs> no, but and, yeah, uh, I mean, that's like Blatant that's theme, like the you know? I don't want to play draw go. And then yeah. if someone rips like a big X spell or, or something, you can just copy it. Uh, you can copy the best creature. Uh, this is a spell, so you can also like replay it. Hmm. Um, Oh, I don't oh it doesn't exile itself. Yeah, Crim. You can loop it, right? Like, yeah, stuff like just not by copying it. I first yeah, stopped copying, reading the card when I saw this. <laughs> I like, this spell can't be copied. Well, then I don't like it. But then I read the rest of the card and thought, <laughs> it, it makes only, sense. Like, I feel like they didn't give you a tax for any of this, right? It's like four yeah, mana. Yeah. And yeah. Like, the four mana create a token of a creature. Like, what? what is that card? Is there any card that does that? It's like three mana is probably the best you'd ever get on that rate. Three. I feel like there has to be something. There's got to be a something. Thing. There's three mana, we two, know, three mana uh, ones. There's, yeah. there's oh, double major. is like two mana, but it only hits your own creatures and it only copies creatures. on the stack. Yeah. So you have a big yeah, timing restriction. Right. 
So I feel like it's fairly costed, especially with all the yeah, upside. Yeah. I don't know. I I think I'm just gonna if I have blue man, I'm just for the for the immediate future. I'm just gonna toss this yeah. in my deck and see. Maybe I'm, I'm cutting it in the long run, but I kind of feel like this card might actually be really strong. I think for my decks, I'm going to definitely put it into my Brutoclad Mech Titan Culture deck because it's just really <laughs> good to culture. <laughs> well, of course, you have to have culture just in case <laughs> in case things go south. Uh, but like being able to like end of my opponent's turn, copy something that has a very good attack trigger, something that's super threatening, then play Brutoclad on my turn, make all my tokens a copy of that cool token, you know, and then and then I, I swing for, for a bajillion and win the game off that. That seems super Ooh. fun to me. So, like, Tokens Matters is going to be really interesting to me, especially, oh, if you go, like, Populate, or no, what's, what's the one that we're, yeah, it's Populate, right? Populate. Where you can copy a token. Yeah. So you can make a token Creature of a really token. big thing, and then you can start, if you're in a Populate deck, then you can start, like, copying the, the token that you just made of the really big thing, which is really cool. Oh, no, it's funny like see double Zest Panharmonicon yeah. and then Brutoclad <laughs> it. No. You have like 30 Panharmonicons. <laughs> oh, actually, you can mm. use like a Vulture mm. to build yourself out and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my dream game of Commander, actually. <laughs> I'm going to ask him if he's going to run it and I'll put the, if if you're watching this on YouTube, I'll put his comments on, on, on the screen as well. All right, you know Seth, he's gonna run what it. Do you, what do you have for us? Well, speaking speaking of cards, Crim's gonna run. When when Crim told <laughs> me I can't come to the cast, I'm sick. He said someone has to mention this card. He likes it for the wrong reasons, very wrong reasons. But I said, <laughs> no worry, Crim. I already got it on my list, and that is Realm Breaker: The Invasion Tree, which. I think this card's sweet and also like one of the best cards in the set. So it's a three mana legendary artifact. You can pay two, make target opponent mill three. Then you get to put a land card from their graveyard onto the battlefield tab under your control. Uh, the land, if it ever leaves the battlefield, it goes to exile. And then you can pay 10, tap it, sacrifice it, insert your library for any number of Praetor cards, put them on the battlefield, and then shuffle. So Realm Breaker... Uh, for Crim's sake, he likes it because he likes milling people, which I think is like literally the least important aspect of this card. It turns on C double. Yeah, his rogues, his rogues get turned (laughs) on. Yeah, like, but this card is absurd, right? So what I see with this card is you got to get on the battlefield for three mana, but then every turn your mono blue deck or mono red deck or whatever essentially has a rampant growth. Like odds are someone's gonna have lands in their graveyard, fetch lands in their graveyard, plus you're milling. And when you consider that commander decks are about 40 lands, that's a that's a pretty high percentage that you're going to hit at least one land with the mill. So I see this as a repeatable rampant growth for non-green decks. And then the last mode is actually a pretty sweet way to close out the game. Obviously, the full-on against odds meme potential is you're playing all 15 Praetors and you're a five-color deck and you like put them all into play and it's really sweet. But imagine you're playing like a, a mono blue deck and you don't have really good ramp options, so you're playing this as ramp. Jengataxius is a pretty powerful card that you could just be playing as a finisher, and since Jengataxiuses are 10 mana, 7 mana, you're not even paying that big of a tax to tutor around the battlefield. Or like Shieldred the Apocalypse, Shieldred Whispering One. Those are just really good black cards that you could play with a straight face anyway, and then this is going to take and give you the option to tutor that out. So I actually think this is like, for non-green decks... I don't know. Is this a staple? Is this just like one of the best ramp spells if you don't have access to green? Right, if so your opponent I've been thinking about this card all week, actually. Like, seriously, <laughs> oh, I've no. been pondering this card ever since it was spoiled. Are you up or down and on it? 
And I've come to the uh, you, you, you've heard my initial take on this on the, the yeah. MTG Goldfish podcast, but oh, my conclusion not. is this card sucks. Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> here, here's here's no. here's where I'm coming from, right? So on one hand, you're like, okay, for three mana, and then you get repeated rampant growth. That's mm-hmm. got to be insane, right? Especially in the the non green and white decks, right? There's no other way to do this. But I think this card is exceptionally good at getting you second and third place. Because, you know, you, you ramp some, right? That's then, why yeah, Krim likes know, it. I'm doing the thing. <laughs> and then as people die, you start he losing your resources, slam. right? Either you, you piled it on one person and people knock that person out and you lose, like, your lands. Or you spread it out. And you're, you're guaranteeing that your lands kind of get picked off as the game progresses and you are more likely to be the winner. Uh, so... You would have to do something sneaky, like play this ramp, 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 and then insta win before anyone dies, right? But, but you want to get if you got fetch lands, then you could crack the fetches and get your own lands, and then they won't go away. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. That's, like this is, that like, is true. If you're not getting, but then fetch you need to get on color fetches with your thing. Also, yeah. like fetch lands don't help you if they don't match your color, your mana base as well, right? Because the, the yeah. fetch lands themselves don't tap for mana, and yeah. those are the most likely cards to be there. Um, but you're milling people, so I don't know. I, I just feel the fact that you lose lands as the game progresses makes this a lot worse than it sounds. So you'll look like you're winning, and then very quickly you'll not be winning because you'll start <laughs> losing lands. I think that's a that's a problem. If I don't, if I'm not knocked hmm. out first, so I kind of consider it a win already. So yeah, we're playing for <laughs> second here, Richard. That's the Commander Clash way. <laughs> so that's that's I- perfect. <laughs> Do you play Demolition Field or something? I feel like if you whiff with this, it's so bad. It's You put, spend three mana and then another two just for milling three. So I, mean, I, mean, I think this card is bad, too. What if you get a like, temple, the false god or something? <laughs> I mean, I think better than nothing. I think, okay, so, so for five mana, you get to I, hopefully rampant growth. If if you if you whiff, then that's like you, you might as well just concede. No, I'm kidding, but it just feels really bad. But like <laughs> bad, five though. mana, you hopefully rampant growth, and then seven mana, you explosive vegetation, and then nine mana, you like triple. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't seem like that great. And then and then you do have to run praetors. I guess if you do have like one or two praetors in the deck, ideally like All two. Right. Then, then it gets better as a late game thing. But ten mana is so much. Who's gonna make it's it so to much ten to mana? Get there. Yeah, that's like. I mean, a, it's that's ramping like a, you. Oh, y'all. It's, it's you need to hit someone's you. Cop, you need to hit someone's coffers or a cradle. Ten mana is fine. I'm looking at like all my paper decks. And I can't see like where would I want to run this? If, I don't know. It's so much I, so okay so so a little bit a little bit of math i don't know if this will change anyone's opinion but let's assume math. the person you target is playing 38 lands a pretty typical pretty typical commander <laughs> number 76 percent that you will mill at least one land in those three cards and then obviously if you ever double double mill there'll be a land in there for later that doesn't get around the richard issue of like if people die then the lands go away so, but so. Can, can, can you run the numbers for me with 31 lands, which is the average number of lands like the typical no, no, no. commander player? 30, it's more like, do you want to spend five mana for a 70% chance rampant growth? Like, no. 
I mean, if I don't have anything else. If to you're do, not in yeah. green, what you what else are you? You could do? There's yeah. such thing yeah. as mana rocks. I, I don't know, like other other colors but then all they get blown up. The seventy uh, these lands also get blown up. Seventy seventy kind of in between. Sixty-seven percent. If you, I guess oh, sixty-eight. Too, if you oh, round no, up, if you, you go down to thirty-one so, so MBFCs, like break this. You don't get MBFCs, but That's the true. upside is you can get someone's coffers. If you get a coffers, this is insane, right? Yeah, it hits non-basics, well, and you could you get a cradle, ancient tomb. Like you get non-basics. And if you're playing uh, this, then I would say like the value of strip mine, or like no, <laughs> but the value of strip mine, or like wasteland, or field of ruin effects, demolition field that goes up, right? Because then you can snipe those lands from the battlefield and then reanimate them. I also don't know if I buy the like lands going away when someone dies being a deal breaker. Like, wouldn't that make Agent of Treachery and Gonti and like a million other commander staples bad if the problem is like, oh, eventually, like that player's gonna die and the card goes away? Like, like people play tons of cards that yeah. you steal their opponents. You get things. one card, it does its thing, right? If you get like one swamp, like you know, right? You're you're banking yeah. on getting like four or five lands yeah. off this thing that will then go away, right? I guess so that, my, you know what would be really true. sad? You get to nine mana, you're just about to crack this and unleash all your praetors, and then someone's like, no, I they pay two life and kill myself. Come on, No, but what really the, happens the is you get to, you're, you're at nine mana, people are like, oh, at ten mana, you can crack and get all those praetors, and then somebody removes your realm breaker, and they're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the argument that mana rocks get destroyed is kinda counts for the realm breaker as well. Like if you want to spend five mana to rampant growth. It, it, it you would can be like seven two. mana, get two lands, and then this thing blows up. Would you would you do that in Grixis? You know, are we that desperate for lands? In Grixis no. maybe. Yeah, but but is this sort of the animus s- like <laughs> so the Addis is four mana, maybe get two mana. Okay, that's explosive. That's good. That's a good rate. But Burnish Heart is six mana, get two basics. Do you play Burnish Heart or Realm Breaker? I, I can't believe I'm falling to this level, but... And it can mill someone out. Maybe Krim was right all along. <laughs> no. like, right. What right, if you Krim, need to mill someone? Krim's like in the headpiece in there. He's like sick. He's puking his guts out. He's like, I can, I can mill him out. I thought I could convince you it was a good card without going there. But yeah, it's an Athelia oh, Drown It's a better Athelia Drown Yard. Yeah. Sort of body and mind all You mill the cauldra piece and then exile it. Oh, God. I gotta say though, the last mode is way better than the actual world tree. So first of all, it's colorless mana, and gods are so much worse than praetors. Especially, yeah. I don't think anybody of us has one of the praetors in their list, but there are more of them, and like Elishnor and all of them are just insane. For example, so just if you have the budget for praetors and can get to i don't think 10 mana is that much maybe i play a lot of ram but yeah. i feel like 10 i also feel like people will be incentivized to kill you before you reach 10 but that is i mean that is commander <laughs> they like, will do this regardless if you're if you're like a praetor deck like if your goal is to jam out praetors dot deck this card is really sure. fun like it's going to yeah. be the best way of doing that um, also, you could like play Mascot Nexus, and now all the creatures in your great in your library are Praetors, and you can get out your entire deck that way. And people have been tagging me a lot for like, oh, is this really good in Changelings? I personally won't because like I run the World Tree, but I'm running it 
mostly just because it's good mana fixing because I have a five color deck. <laughs> um, I've I've activated the world tree like maybe three times out of like 60, 70 games. It's it's really hard. It's a lot. It's a lot of mana. And changelings uh, are like one ones and two yes. twos. Like it's not. It's yeah, like I you're getting an Elish Norn or something. Yeah, I guess that's. I guess that's true. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot the game. of them. It's just like oh, I dropped Mirror Entity. All my two twos and now are hitting like ten tens. <laughs> I'm on Team Crim. You play sort of body and mind. You hit the black player trying to get their coffers. <laughs> get the coffers. <laughs> and then this. But then you need an Urbor. Congratulations. I'm living death and you're all dead, but okay, whatever, right? We'll just ignore that part. And you just hit their coffers, get the coffers, and this yeah. card is insane. And then you, and then afterwards you get the Vesuva and you copy. I don't know if this card is yeah. insane. And but then the dark it's depths. totally playable if you are playing a very niche strategy, I guess. <laughs> all right. Uh oh, I'm next. Uh Conjurer's Mantle. One oh. and a white. It's an equipment. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus one, and has vigilance. When equipped creature attacks, look at the top six cards of your library. You may reveal a card that shares a creature type. Put that creature from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom in a random order. Equip one. Is this such a Richard card? Yeah. Well, is this not, like, the best like tribal card draw thingy? Like People love playing... Like Descendants Path, like these really like janky, like try to draw cards when you match card types. This is just like three mana and an attack, and you get to look at six. No, you guys are all shaking. This card's terrible. Oh, I don't no, know. I, I, I mean, <laughs> it's, is this not good? It's limited to tribal decks. Like you got to be an yeah. actual tribal deck. So, but if yes. you're a tribal okay. deck. It's great, right? Like, it's cheap to cast, it's cheap to equip, you don't have to get any combat damage, you just need to attack. It's, like, sort of animist for creatures and tribal decks, essentially. So if I'm playing a tribal deck that has a bunch of early game creatures, I would play this every time. I think it gets worse if you're playing, like, dragons or something, like a yeah. big creature-style tribal deck. But if as soon as I saw it, I was like, wow, this is, like, is the it, ultimate Kithkin like card. It is, like too, the, it is, like, the it is like the ultimate <laughs> Kithkin tribal card. Like, it's designed yeah. for Richard to play in decks like Kithkin and birds and so forth. So, in those decks, I think it's going to be one of the one best cards in your deck. Yeah. What are, what's the probability? Does anybody know? Like, if anybody how many, I'm asking how many, yeah, how many say creatures? Let's say 30, 30, 30 tribal creatures. Yeah. 30. is like, a pretty average number, I would say, for, like, a committed drive. Okay, let's. I can. I can give you this. So thirty playing thirty creatures, you get to hit six cards deep, right? Yeah. Um, your odds of hitting it, one or more creatures is eighty nine percent. That's so. That, I think that's that's pretty. It's, you're basically always going to hit at least one, and uh, your chances of hitting two or three are actually pretty good. So you might actually get some selection and get to choose the the better one. It's over fifty percent hit two creatures with thirty tribe members in your deck. So. I mean, seems like a tribal staple. Why wouldn't you play this in an aggro tribal deck? And you equip it on like your biggest creature, and it will have vigilance, so it can yeah. protect you. Like, oh yeah, nice. there's there's actually it text on there too. There's plus, plus it's plus one plus one and yeah, vigilance, which is like <laughs> it's not the best offensive stats, but if you put it on a big enough creature that can attack easily anyway, then the vigilance is I mean, actually I, nice. I would so. play this card without any offensive stats. So the fact that you get plus <laughs> one plus one and vigilance is like super yeah. bonus. And I, it's an attack. You know, your creature doesn't have to survive combat. It's just an attack trigger. Yeah. I kind of wish it was. Damage. I kind of wish it was colorless. That's my one mm -hmm. thing. Is like the other thing is that being white, like zombies and Limited, elves, yeah. and a lot of the most popular tribes are just are goblins are just not really white based tribes. So I think that 
that's the other thing that keeps its power in check a little bit is just like some of the best tribes aren't normally in white. I feel like they could have just dropped the vigilance and then made it colorless, right? Like (laughs) they they tacked it on just to give it white to make it white, basically. Yeah, (laughs) just to reduce its power level, they gave it vigilance. Uh, all right, Tomer, what do you have for us? Okay, this is another uh, crim card, but this is one that I actually uh, feel strongly about as well that I'm going to be running as as Value Town, and I think this is probably the strongest, if not the strongest, of my choices at least. Uh, this is Fairy Mastermind. Uh, this is a blue Fairy Rogue. It's two mana, one and a blue for two one Fairy Rogue with Flash Flying. And whenever an opponent draws their second card each turn, you draw a card. Plus, it has an activated ability, a three and a blue, so four mana total, for each player draws a card. So, for two mana, you flashes it into play whenever your opponents are going to be drawing their second card. Or just, like, flash it in uh, your opponent's end step or whatever like that, or whatever. So it's going to be a little bit easy, harder to, to remove it or, or play around, at least for the first trigger. I think since it can draw basically like one, it, they could it could draw basically one card per opponent. It could draw like up to three cards per per turn cycle. But if it's drawing a single card per turn cycle consistently, like eighty percent of the time or higher, this card is like straight gas. It's a two one flyer, so it 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 holds swords and everything very well. Um, and uh, it's just going to sit around at the table it doesn't ask your opponents do you pay the one or any of that nonsense it doesn't have any of like the esper sentinel issues or or risk study issues it's just it just passively does it i don't think anybody would play around it either and even if they do you still have that activate ability if you really need to draw cards everybody draws one card and you draw two cards essentially um on 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 an opponent's turn because they draw on their draw phase and then whenever you could just act you could force them to draw their second card essentially what do you guys yeah, think? I, do you think I, it's, I, I need, it's good? I need to so know, good. Seth. If there's a Ristic study on the table, <laughs> Phil has one. And then Tomer plays Fairy Mastermind. <laughs> nope. Do you pay the <laughs> one? <laughs> no. No. I, yeah. A man's got to have a code, Richard. And my code is not paying for Ristic study. It doesn't matter how painful that might be. Like, gotta you got you to gotta live up to your code. This card's busted, though, right? This is yes, like it's white so Esper Sentinel. Like, I think if you... Math out a typical game, like playing this on turn two, I bet you draw as many cards as Esper Sentinel does coming down on turn two. Like just sitting out throughout the course of the game. Like and it has evasion. Play like, yeah, it wears equipment well, it flips dousing dagger, it has a building ability that can draw you extra cards. Like although I think the ability is worse in commander in sixty card formats, right? Because everyone each opponent draws a card, and then you'll draw two cards, so you're actually giving your opponents more cards than you're getting. So I think yeah. its ability doesn't scale with Commander very well, but I don't think you need that very often. You just play this and let it sit out and <laughs> reap its rewards. Is this a staple? Do you just play this in... Could you just play this in any blue deck? Discounting, like, oh, I don't want to be on theme or whatever, but, like, power level-wise, could you play it like Esper Sentinel, where this is just, like, alongside Ristic Study in your card draw slot? I, I think so, yeah. What? I mean, we've yeah. seen the Council no. of Four be brutal. Wait, wait, do you guys really think it's that good? Yes. I think it's against so, so the Richard, you don't think it's like, good? It's it's okay. Wait, it's, here's, here's the thing, it's right? a two mana evasive thing. It holds it holds your yeah, dowsing yeah, yeah. daggers. Dowsing, sure. yeah, it holds dowsing daggers. But if you if you slap it on turn two, 
So if you play like an early Esper Sentinel or Ristic study, yeah. people will play their mana rocks, they will play their rampant growth, whatever. You get value immediately. So it's it's that like really early draw engine. I feel very mastermind you play and you're not gonna draw cards till like turn four or five or something like that. Because people will just be ramping, they'll be doing stuff, but they're not necessarily drawing a second card yet. Right? So it to me this is like competing with Blue Sun Zenith or something. Like some kind of like late card nah. game draw engine as opposed to an early drop that like ensures you hit all your land drops. Because aren't people ramping? Like who's who's playing Signing Blood? It's like like who's drawing second cards on like the early turns? Well, you don't that? have to consider it a turn two play. Like you could just, you could be ramping on turn two instead and consider it more of a mid game play. Like, uh, yeah, that, that's what I mean. I, I consider this a mid game card, yeah. right? And then as a mid game card, is it, better than the other draw options. Whereas yes. Esper Sentinel and Ristic Study are early game plays, right? They're like one mana draw like a billion. Well, um, Ristic Study is in any any time of the game play. <laughs> but I think this is not as good as Ristic Study, obviously, but I think it's second best in terms of generic. Maybe Mystic, you could say Mystic Remora is better for CDH in particular, but I think this is even CDH You, you would take this over like, Esper Sentinel? Yes. Ooh, wow. I mean, so think of it like a spirited companion. Like, because of Flash, you should be able to yes. flash it in, get the first draw with, like, a card draw effect on the stack. So you should get an ETB draw card, essentially. And then you get the upside of it sitting out. And people draw cards. Like, all it takes is one of me playing a Frexian Arena, and you're guaranteed an extra card each turn cycle. Or one person playing a Ristic Study. There's so much card draw in the format that I feel like your odds of triggering this being like a, a personal howling mind, I think is pretty high. Like, isn't someone drawing an extra card most turn cycles? If you think about all the effects that are going on, maybe not on turn two. I think you might be right about that. On turn two, it's probably not going to draw like Esper Sentinel. But once the game gets going, like so, Tomer said, Ristic Study, then Fairy Mastermind. Where do you casual. slot this relative to Phyrexian Arena? <laughs> Ooh. Higher, right? This is definitely higher than Arena. Yes. I think this would it doesn't cost you any life. It comes with a body. Right. Painful Truths say, or Fairy Mastermind. Oh, this uh Fairy Mastermind for sure. I will say res- I rank Esper Sentinel ahead by a little bit. Yeah. So this Tomer. is number three then. This is the third best card draw, you say? I think I think maybe Esper Sentinel is better in CDH, but in casual games I I don't know. There's like a lot of people who just have like really creature heavy strategies, for example, so it's pretty easy to not draw cards off it and also you could play around esper sentinel a little bit easier where you could just pay the one you know that's unless that's you're like true. an equipment deck or something like that you can yeah, it, it, the option is there <laughs> I mean, whether or not people do that or not but this one is like are you really just not going to cast your second spell each turn you could but like i don't think people are going to actually do that say draw i would cast, i would right? say draw, draw the second spell yeah draw their, draw second, their card. second spell but yeah are you are you just not going to draw a card on your turn no like, of course of course um, not yeah. so. I think it's not say Ivelton. Yeah, I, I think it's just harder to. It's a harder and, ask for people to be like, "Don't draw any card beyond your your draw phase." Right? I think you put above it, Seth. Uh, I think Ristic Study is better. I think Esper yeah. Sentinel is arguably better. Maybe this is number three. Like, I think, I think those Mystic would be Ramora the two. Better Mystic Ramora? Ramora? Oh, I guess but... Mystic Ramora. I guess yeah, depending on your power level. Yeah. It but is pretty good against those though. cards, though. Like, if your opponent yeah, slams down a Remora, then you pretty much draw without the upside of having to pay for it, which 
Sure. So yeah, some, maybe it's four, three, four, somewhere in that range. I think I definitely rank it ahead of like Painful Truth, Sign and Blood style effects. I rank it ahead of like Blue Sun Zenith style effects. And I guess like, I don't know. What about Sphinx, Consecrated Sphinx? Like how do you, well, this is like two mana Consecrated this Sphinx. This is a little bit different. This is like an early early mid-game Consecrated Sphinx and Consecrated Sphinx is it's, like late game or reanimator. It's hard to, it's hard to compare to something like some of the green mask card draw, like Rishkar's Expertise or Garrick or like Blue Sun Zenith, I almost feel like it's a different category of card draw. Like you have yeah, incremental I, draw versus burst draw. Yeah, so I think it's kind of like it's hard for me to compare those. Would I replace my Rishkar's Expertise with this? No, I'd probably play both of them. But I still think this card's like super good. Where do you rank it, Richard? You seem skeptical. Where Where are you at with uh, so this I one? I think it's a good card, but you guys aren't singing praises to Spirited Companion in the same way I do, right? <laughs> like, like as a Spirited Companion, it's exceptionally strong. But in terms of raw card draw. I, Esper Sentinel definitely I put above this. I would actually put the three mana draw threes above this. Ooh. And then this comes there. So I would put Painful Truths above Fairy Mastermind. And then Fairy Mastermind is like right there. So it is a very good card. But how, you're all speaking how about, like it's a Mystic Study or something, right? Like it's not like that level of staple, I don't I, think. I got you, Richard. Fairy Mastermind, flashing an end step, untap, secret rendezvous. Trigger yep. the Fairy Mastermind, Ooh. you uh-huh. get a four card. Uh, you, you draw your Dowsing Dagger, equip Dowsing Dagger onto the Fairy Mastermind, attack with it, flip we- the Dowsing Dagger. <laughs> so, so, so if if Fairy Mastermind was white, I I would play a Secret Rendezvous before it. I, st- I believe. <laughs> like like I, I, I value the burst a lot more, and like as an yeah. early okay. Like, this this is more of a late game play, even though its mana value is two. Like, when you're actually drawing cards, it's like mid-game, mid, mid right? And in mid-game, you have a lot of options. Like, you could rip off one of the green card draw spells for, like, four mana, draw ten. Or, you know, you could Sphinx and stuff like that. So, it's, mm. it's still good, but because, like Tomer said, it holds a dagger, it's a flash creature, it can trips, it can block, it can attack. And then it can draw you one, two, three cards or something like that, right? Uh, so... I think it's good in that sense, but I, I take three mana draw three higher, I think. It's it also is a fairy also, rogue. Yeah, it is very meta dependent, I think. So if you play against me, like on Commander Clash, maybe I pull off some jank tribe or something. If you play against me in paper, every commander I play draws cards. I'm going to draw a card. Maybe <laughs> Richard is right. So I ramp for the first three turns and then I start drawing cards, except for Jadar. Then I start drawing cards on turn three. Which curves in perfect for my opponent to slam this down and draw at least for me every turn. Let's say realistically sixty percent later seventy later it's a hundred percent actually. Uh, with lowness I draw cards in. It, it also counts on other turns, right? So if I crack two clues, you have to and draw step, two cards on somebody else's yeah, turn. Yeah. though. So often I just keep up mana and crack clues. So there's there's triggers unless I'm. I think about it and crack, crack one, one clue each. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I don't misplay, <laughs> I might misplay though. <laughs> so very, very playgroup dependent. But if you have me and Seth in your playgroup, you should probably play Oh, you're good. This. I mean, you're even so you good. guys would never play around this, right? If there's a five mass man on the table, <laughs> Maybe you would hold back your card draw, right? I'll always I mean, pay the one for Rhystic, uh, but I don't see... You can't really expect me to not draw cards. No. That's, that's a tall ass. 
I might think twice about my like ponder or something and opt. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna avoid my You'll painful your truths or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Richard, would you would you say would you not play a spirit companion if I had this on the battlefield? No, I would definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, the stonks. I, I'm sure uh, this is a Crim's favorite card. It's also a fairy rogue. It's his no, two favorite tribes. My favorite tribe is fairies. So like. Yeah, we just. My favorite stuff. tribe is world champions, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> I will play Yuta Takahashi. True. True, that, <laughs> it, it looks it, so it. much like it. It looks like a Photoshop. It's ridiculous. Dude, the art is sick. I like it a lot. <laughs> it's a cool pose, too. I, I'm curious if the foil looks good. Like the that that blue cross. There's a lot of that bright like white, out. blue, yeah. white, blue, so I think, I think it's going to pop. But yeah. All right, Phil, what do you have for us? All right, I have a card where the comments would say, well, that is such a fill deck. And it, I will <laughs> try this for sure. It's Rashmi and Ragavan. Uh, Timor, so green, blue, red, and a colorless. Legendary creature, elf, monkey. It's uh, two two creatures in one. So it's one of these team up cards. Two, four. So a lot of text for... It is weirdly worded, so let's see. Whenever you cast your first spell during each of your turns, exile the top card of target opponent's library and create a treasure token. That is pretty cool. Then you may cast the exile card without paying its mana cost if the spell, uh, if it's a spell with mana value less than the number of artifacts you control. If you don't cast it this way, you may cast it this turn. <laughs> so it's, it's a weird wording. So basically, whenever you cast your first spell on each of your turns, which is fair um you create a treasure token which is pretty good exile the top card and yeah if you have a lot of treasures you cast it for free otherwise you can pay mana for it that's the other way to word it is otherwise pay for it um it is not that flashy or comboy but it just seems like such sweet value you steal stuff from the opponent it's not as so if you remember the old rushmi it's slightly similar wording but it counts every turn so you're incentivized to play counters and annoy your opponent and get value out of it would be sweet it's... with this but it would be insane if you create a treasure every turn cycle every every opponent's turn as well so this is i think this one is fair and people will maybe not get as scared and keep it on the battlefield and you can slowly accumulate value and maybe cast something for free i just I know it's a little boring, but man, it's it feels like such a, it's a sweet engine. Card. It's team yeah, it, it seems fair though, because it's it's only a it one. You only got fair, one yeah. trigger. It's on your turn, but it, it it does want you to be a little bit artifacty, maybe with it treasures or so maybe clues, clues or whatever yeah. at the very least. But like you also go like a full artifact team or artifact deck to get the extra oh, mana Timo, mana efficiency stuff, out of it. You you can say, like, oh, I build around stealing stuff, and then you can play Blatant Thievery, (laughs) get a treasure from it, maybe cast something. Ooh, Lord, I hope this makes it on MTGO. (laughs) It does seem seem safe, right? Like, I don't know if I... I Like, people get irrationally afraid of you stealing their cards, though. When you really think through this (laughs) card, I think it's fine, like almost half the time it's going to hit a land and you kind of do nothing. Like, so there's a pretty high whiff percentage there, so you shouldn't be super scared of it. But I still think people might, like, 
I don't know. I think people are going to try to kill it. I don't know Maybe, if it'll be on the battlefield yeah. just because people like don't like their stuff being messed with. Yeah, it's weird because your own library should be the scary one because you can right, build around you can this. Build around yeah. it. Yeah. So it should be fair, but yeah, people well, get scared. It gets a ramp every turn, right? Like you, oh yeah, you get yeah, the treasure. That's true. You, just, like, you get a treasure spell, You get a treasure. Mm. That's pretty good. And then if you hit something good off someone's library... You could potentially cast it for free, which is gross, or you yeah. can just pay mana for it. It, uh, it could be ooh. like like if you hit like a five drop, if you have enough treasures. So you cast your first spell in a turn, you make a treasure, so you're going up one mana, you get a card, so you're up one card, and then you get to cast a card for like a five drop, for example, for free. So uh, essentially ramped you five mana, gave you a treasure, drew you a card, but you don't know what you're going to hit, right? So you could... You could just hit a, a land, and you can't even play the land. It has it's a cast, so yeah, it could whiff can entirely. Play around it, right? You can, yeah. You have to use like lantern of revealing or whatever. Like everybody, <laughs> yes, look at every control. part of everybody's <laughs> library or something. Memory lapse or you could, like, and stuff, right? You yeah, can, you oh, can yeah. better memory lapse bounce to the top of the library. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think this card is very fair, and there is a build around on it. You have to run certain cards for it to really shine, and I think that's a really good place to be. I kind of hate uh, it though because it's Ragavan. Would yeah. you leave it? If someone played it, you wouldn't like, oh, I gotta get rid of this thing. It depends on if my like so if I'm playing College for example, like if I'm playing a deck that's like a combo where where certain cards are very important <laughs> to me. You're gonna exile your then you're gonna exile my college. It happens. Dude, the worst oh. one was when I when I I, I I gave a fake a fake list of Caldra to the table for Commander Clash. I was running this on, I showed a fake list. And then I had two cauldron pieces. Two cauldron pieces in my hand. I had like 70, 78 cards or something in my library. And then Krim gaunted me. Looked at the top four cards and hit one of them. Hit my final cauldron piece. It was stupid. So this is what's going to happen. I'm going to run, I'm going to run cauldron. And then Phil's like, whoa, I'm going to play Rashmian Rock. Come on, please don't kill it. I'll be like, no, it will die. It will die and die again. Never will it target me. <laughs> but like if I'm not running that, then yeah, whatever. Just take whatever card you want up the top. It's fine. <laughs> All right, uh, Seth, what do you have for us? Oh yeah. Oh, so so you know uh, you know me. I I like a little gambling and I like drawing cards. And we have a a Magic the Gathering card that kind of combines all those things together. Dance of Calamity, eight mana sorcery. It's a red card. It says shuffle your library and then as many times as you choose, you can exile the top card of your library. And then if the total mana value of the card you exile this way is thirteen or less, you can cast any number of spells from among those cards without paying their mana cost. So this is like blackjack the magic card eight mana cast some number of cards maybe or maybe you hit something expensive and go over 13 and nothing happens i'm really i like i want to cast this card just because it looks fun like the way it's going to play out i think is going to be really interesting there's going to be a lot of tension do i keep going do i stop what's the top card in my library so it seems really fun is this card good in any way is i guess my question we see like 
We see Ad Nauseam be busted. People play Ad Nauseam in CDH decks, but that's five mana. This is way more mana. This can Demonic Consultation and just exile your entire library if you don't care about... If you don't care about casting the spells, you can just, you know, put your entire library into exile and then Thassa's Oracle or something. One black instant. This is eight mana sorcery. <laughs> same thing. Basically the same. I think this card is like a major flavor. I don't know if it's good, but it's it's literally blackjack because the, it's eight mana value. You, right and then mm. it's 13 so 8 plus 13 21 yeah, 21 so wow. it's a not to not to the thing which is cool i don't think it's good but <laughs> I, I i'm i'm totally on board to play it because it's fun it looks like a, it's like a very fun card and i mean if you get lucky it it does a lot of ramping right if you hit 12 mana value worth of spells that's like making four mana and you drew some cards yeah yep you could hit one more, maybe get a little one drop. Yeah, maybe get a little one drop out of there. Or what if, what if you built, like, Kobolds or something? Oh, yeah, that's tribal, right. Ornithopter yeah. Tribal, just, like, the total mana value of your deck is less than 13, so you just cast this and, and put it all into play. If you're playing, like, Cheerios or something, that would yeah. be actually really good. That, that would be, that's, I want to see that deck now. You think actually, that's going to be so a... awesome. Like a legacy deck that wishes for this, and then I don't <laughs> Puts know. All the get out into play. Yes. <laughs> How can you cheat this out though? You, you need to somehow cheat this thing. Mm. You mana? I don't know. Music like mastery. Yeah. So the problem is, is if you you don't want if you cheat on spells, you want other spells than just this to cheat out, and these spells are expensive, so you. Ooh, it's gonna be yeah. a risky. Is, is there one. like a indomitable creativity for sorceries or something? Where you just play nothing but like zero mana mana rocks and dorks or whatever, and then you somehow cheat this out and just play your whole deck. I don't know. What is the oh well? There's like mind desire and stuff. Like, well, like they are expensive. Mind desire, I don't know. Spell spell shift counter target in uh, four mana blue and it's literally polymorph. But for instance or sorceries, you counter the instant or sorcery and then reveal cards until you hit an instant or sorcery. Then you get to play it for free. So there is it technically exists. So you need to counter your own instant or sorcery. So, so if What's actually spell shift, it's from uh, Planner Chaos. If you played. Four, well, I guess this wouldn't work for Commander, but I was going to say if you played four of them, you would have to draw one to cast it. The other three would be 12 mana value, so as long as everything else in your deck is zero, you're uh, off to the races. <laughs> There's got to be some deck we can build here. You can play all the, you can play all the like, Crashing Footfalls, Ancestral Visions, because they have Ooh, no mana yeah. value, yeah, Restore Balance... I like. Oh my god! I kind of like want to build. The, I I just want to build around it. It seems it seems fun to it seems fun to build around as a deck building challenge, and it also just seems fun to resolve. Like just throw it in a deck and just like it'll be a fun experience at the table watching someone resolve this card. Everyone's gonna be into it. It's gonna like, and that's what Commander's about, right? Like having a good time with your friends and a cool experience at the table. And I feel like this card's gonna like give that experience pretty often when it shows up. Wait, is there is there like a wad? Yeah, I'll try to this. <laughs> Most of the wands yeah, hit your also, opponents. Is there a yeah, wand that hits your spells? I thought there was a new wand that you can wand yeah, yourself. Yeah, there's a new like birthing pot for spells, right? In, oh, oh there's like a blue card. Yeah. Oh, is that like, a real card or an alchemy card? 
That is correct. a real con. Oh, <laughs> my God. Okay, so you can use a convoke. You can play Cobalt. You can convoke a spell and then try a birthing pod into this one. Yes. How do you... How you uh, yeah. there, there's got to be some way. Okay, we, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to this. There's got to be some way to do it. Let we can do a whole episode on this card. How do you yeah. make a sweet deck around this? How do you break it? Break this card. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. Next up. Uh, I'm going to go with Wand of the World Soul, a card I'll never play, but I think other people will be excited about it. (laughs) Two and a white. Uh, ETB's tapped. It's an artifact. Uh, You can tap it to add a white, so it's a a mana rock. And then tap it. The next spell you cast this turn has Convoke. So... This is so cool. This is like a crazy mana rock, right? Because you can tap it if you have like two creatures... Uh, it's a worn power stone, I guess, right? If, if you have three creatures, uh, it becomes a Thran Dynamo or something. Uh, and it, it and it itself is a mana rock. So if you have no creatures, you can just use it as like a three-mana mana rock. I don't play mana rocks. So I'll never play this. <laughs> but if you're a mana rock believer, uh, <laughs> this seems pretty good, right? <laughs> no? I mean, I love this card. I think uh, three mana mana rocks have kind of gotten uh, fallen out of favor a little bit, but Wizards has been printing this. I don't know if it's even a cycle technically, yeah. but like they've been printing these colored mana, one color, three mana mana rocks with a big upside. Like you got the red one that ETBs copies a creature. You got the black one I think makes zombies. You got the blue one that's uh, the clock that eventually will draw you a bunch of cards. They're all really good. I think three mana mana rocks that have an upside are actually really powerful, and this has a huge upside. I think you probably, I don't know, would you play this in just a generic, like, white creature deck? I think in a token deck or something, it's it's ridiculous. Like, if you're going wide and you have a lot of bodies, this can do some busted stuff. I guess, like, tap two creatures to get, like, a, a double mana rock out of it, or three creatures to get a gilded lotus. I guess that's fine, but I don't know. In token decks, for sure, I would be all about this card. I think even you would play it in a token deck, Richard, right? Like, would you would you give no. up your hate of... Really? You hate mana rocks I that never much? You will never catch me playing a mana rock. If, I, if you see a mana rock, you know it's an imposter. Get out of here. I've been oh, wow. kidnapped by aliens. Uh, even in non-white and green, I will very rarely play mana rocks. And if I do, they have to be indestructible or something. But even then, with Farewell, like, it's dicey. So I will... I, I will world treat no no realm breaker everything dies before I play a, 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 a signet or something like that. <laughs> what did Tomer and Phil think? Yeah, I, 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 I think this card is only good for for go wide. But once you're in like tokens, like how many, tokens, how many like, creatures do you need on the battlefield for? I this think to you be need. It? I think you need at least three. You want like four. It also depends on what you're convoking out, right? Like the, it, it's kind of it's it's a bit of a clunky card. Because you need to have a big spell in your hand to convoke out. Because if you're just like, if you have like a three drop in your hand, then this card's kind of meh. Um, <laughs> but uh, if you have like a five drop or higher that you want to be convoking out, like, I don't know, like an original Elvis Norn, for example. Well, a good top end for your, for your go wide token strategy. Then, you know, uh, tapping like five creatures or something, convoking it out is actually pretty gas. Um so it's a, I don't know it's a it's clunkier card than than I would hope it to be honestly but it's really good in the deck that it was printed in Kazla because Kazla gives you a, a a bonus it's scry two and draw a card for each time you cast a convoke spell and there's not that many convoke spells uh, you could just and it's a token deck so 
now you can turn all your other spells into convoke spells. You can draw more cards off it and stuff, and that's all good things. But I don't know. It's a bit clunky. It also taps on all your stuff, so you can't attack with them afterwards. Or you need, like, Vigilance, and then maybe cast this post-combat. So it is clunky. Maybe Torrens is good, too. I don't know. Uh, it's a clunky one. I played the other three mana rocks that Seth mentioned. I think, in except for Omnath, where I don't play mana rocks, but... I do play Midnight Clock, Cursed Mirror, and the Crowded Crypt, I think it's called. And this is actually in uh, Crowded Crypt. So good. So I think of these, I think the white one might be the, let's assume it's a cycle. Uh, it is very clunky. Like the tapping down creatures kind of sucks in your main phase. Um, unless you want to instant speed something. I think the ceiling of this is insane, though. Like, if you say, oh, you need at least three creatures, maybe you have ten creatures, they don't need to be not summoning six, so you can just tap them and cast something insane. I know that is Dreaming Big, but I like Dreaming Big in Commander, so I kind of want this card to be good. The artwork is gorgeous, and... yeah. I, I, I like an excuse to play a three mana rock with the upside. Tapped, so you can't just yeah, that play sucks. it. And then yeah. That something really out. sucks. Yeah, it's also white. Uh, it's a you know it's a white mana rock, so they have restricted the color too. So they think it's I, good. It's really Poison. good in the precon because like one of the things you can do in the precon um, is you can on the end step before your turn you can tap down all your. It's a token deck, so you tap down all your tokens. And you dump all that mana into Secure the Waste. It's X and a white, instant speed, make X number of 1-1 warrior tokens, I think. Um, so in the precon, you could like, it's mid-late game or whatever. You have a bunch of dirty creatures on the battlefield. And then surprise, you, you, you have like six or five more mana uh, to dump into this giant X spell. And then you have a huge army. You drop your Anthem or whatever on the ground afterwards. You swing for lethal. So it makes a lot of sense in the deck. Um, but you need you need to be tokens for sure. Uh, I think the best of the cycle, though, is Cursed Mirror, though. No, oh, the, yeah. People need to respect that red one. <sighs> Midnight, so Midnight Clock's really good, too, I think. I like Midnight mm-hmm. Clock a lot. but I play all of them. They just sold so. What are we what missing? Are green? We don't have green, all right. Oh, yeah. Oh, speaking no. of green, 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 green. Oh, <laughs> oh it's just so far yeah. above the rest. Okay, you don't so, notice it. Yeah, you spent three mana to cast it, right? Like, <laughs> oh, boy. All right, my, my last uh, card for you all is a card that I will probably not play, but it's very important to let get the word out. Uh, this is Tribute to the World Tree. It's triple green uh, enchantment, so three green mana, so it's quite restrictive to green decks. However, the, the, pay, the payoff is really freaking high. Uh, whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card if its power is three or greater. Otherwise, two, put two plus one plus one counters on it. So, the first part of the card is Elemental Bond. Elemental Bond is whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you draw a card if it's a power level, power is three or greater. So it has the Elemental Bond text, but then it has decided to add a new, very critical part of, of the equation. Otherwise, put two plus one plus one counters on it. So if you're in a creature deck that is just like making one one tokens, for example, like Torrens, you're going to be drawing cards for casting creatures. Then Torrens, for example, whenever you're casting a creature, you make a one one. 
uh, soldier token or human token or whatever. Well, now it's a 3-3. So uh, not only are you going to be drawing a ton of cards, but now all your small creatures are going to be buffed up. They're going to be good attackers. They're also going to be very good blockers. So you're going to be drawing cards. People are going to be like, ah, oh, we have to deal with this person. Well, good luck dealing with the person when they have, instead of an army of 1-1s, they have an army of 3-3s. And also it's counters. So if you're in a counters matters deck, uh, now everything has plus one, plus one counters on it. But yeah, so you're either drawing cards or or you're just making a huge army and uh, this card is cracked. This card's cracked. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very, yeah. very strong. Like, it, uh, triple green is a cost and I think that does limit some of the decks that would otherwise want the effect. Um... But yeah, it's just, it it does so many little things. It's absurd with tokens. All your tokens getting two plus one plus counters is ridiculous. It's good card draw. Like, any deck that with a lot of creatures that can cast this, it's probably worth it. Like, Elemental Bond's a fine card that people play to draw cards. Assuming the triple green isn't a deal breaker, this is just, like, way upgraded. I don't like the Elemental Bond part. I don't play that card. But I do like the pumping everything part. <laughs> you play this, you play like Avenger of Zendikar, you play Field of the Dead, uh, whatever, yep. right? Like you just make dirty creatures and now they're scary. Uh, the problem is this This is like the, oh, what's that? Oh, what's that Destiny tribal card where whenever you cast a creature, you put a plus one plus one counter on it and all your creatures get plus one plus one. Uh, you, everyone sees it. Coming oh, from far Cathar's away. command, yeah. No, no, no. no. Oh, well, Cathar's crusade is the same, but the cracked something of destiny, door of destiny, not door. Oh, of door destiny. of destiny. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, is it? but like everyone oh, sees yeah. this like overrun happening from very far away, and they're gonna murder you before <laughs> before that happens. <laughs> but I, I, I just like playing this as Avengers Endicar. Yeah, isn't that oh, yeah, insane? For for dry I, cards, I'd rather just play any of the power-based card draw that green has or toskies um just play both if, see, a friend of mine you, but, there, but there's so many power-based ones you run out, right? you run out of cards. this one is you the run best out of slots for, for card draw. yeah this is incremental draw versus burst draw you want to have both i think even i'm, I'm with phil even with incremental draw, though, we have so many variations on this effect now i actually when this first was spoiled i was looking it up and there's like between Guardian Project, Great Henge, Elemental Bomb, Jeez, there's some Garrick, Garrick's, whatever, that does the same thing. Like, there's like yeah. 10 cards that work similarly to this. So I think we're even at the point where, even if you want this effect, you got to start prioritizing. So I think this is like how we, like, can you play this in a three color deck or a four color deck or a five color deck? Or is the mana no. cost just too, too restrictive? You basically got to be mono green or two color, maybe, I guess. Two color, yes, for sure. I mean, if you have I a good mana base, hmm. yeah, if you have a good mana base, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't Tomer's play it. Ten basic same. mana base. <laughs> yeah, so you, you gotta play all dual. Tomer's never this casting this. Yeah. Well, okay, so I I actually played against this card on Saturday, and it's just anecdotal evidence. One game, but uh, a person was playing Marin of Clan Neltoth, and uh, uh, he was going out of right? control. Uh, very early on the game, turn three, he put down tribute of the world tree, started drawing a bunch of cards. Turn five, we were like, we have to, we have to deal with this. This is getting out of hand. I was playing Zedru. I tutored up rest in peace, which is like destroy target Marin player, uh, exile all graveyards. And then if a creature would die, instead it's getting exiled. So no death triggers for them e- either. Despite that, with tribute to the world tree, basically, 
He just kept. He just did green things instead of black things. He just did green things. Drew a billion cards. Underrealm Lich showed up at some point, and now he's like impulse drawing every single time he plays a creature. And we, it was a, it was a arch enemy. Even with rest in peace on the battlefield, it was arch enemy, and he still, he still beat us handily. We just couldn't. Yeah, of course, we just couldn't. I mean, because every cut. single, every single one one, like the the ground was no longer attackable because his one ones are now three threes. We could not attack into him, even with like trample and stuff. We could not attack into him. Um, yeah. So a friend of mine, spot removal for this <laughs> Well, a friend so of we mine trying. recently built a mono green big creature deck, and I gave him my elemental bond, which was two a few weeks ago. That was one of the best ones of these effects. And yeah. he is just—I mean, the card is just insane for this deck. If you have. If you're mono green, you don't care about the triple green. My god, your two twos are four fours and you draw cards. If your commander creates four four rhino tokens or if your commander has four power, like, you are going to get so much value out of this. And I think you get, like, I mean, Richard said it, Avenger of Zendika is just pure gas with this. It is insane. Oh my god, yeah. you draw a card and both them are swarm. two threes. Mm-hmm. Scootworm shenanigans would be well, pretty yes. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Anything like that. You can just play Kamigan and get a 2-3 out of it. It's like, it is. Oh, man, this card. Oh. If it was Simic, I'd just slot it into Lonus just for the... <laughs> well, just the Everything with two extra counters is good. Like, hmm, would you play this? Just every creature enters with two additional counters? I'm not sure. No. It seems good, though. But the card draw is just the better part. Like, I I play Elemental Bond if I create four fours. Yeah, and man, this is so good. I mean, Maybe play Nixos stuff. Like, is if you Azuri's oh, Predation or something? Oh where you yes, make, like, ten yes. four fours, <laughs> ten cards. Yes, and then you start picking off things. Like if you can somehow make a lot or like Worm Coil, I guess like triggers this right. You get like two Worm. You get one trigger for the initial Worm Coil. When it dies, you get two more creatures. That will trigger this to draw two. So if you can somehow be in that sweet spot of making a lot of three threes, <laughs> then you can draw like a ton of cards off of that. And there's like there's commanders that do that, right? Green sleeves, uh, Titania. Like there's a there's a list of mm-hmm. heavy oh, green commanders good. that are pretty good at making like repeatable bodies Very too. So or like Caldry of the Call. That's all the direction to go. Is like. Uh, commanders that make a ton of little tokens and just turning your one ones into three threes is kind of ridiculous to you. There's also like go wide tokens is a thing. Like Hamza is a good example of it. It's Selesnia go wide plus one plus one counters. So this is a great way of just putting the counters on things and drawing cards as well. So there's like there's like a, a bunch that's yeah, oh the backup the backup deck. I mean it's three colors, so maybe that would be a stretching it. But like the backup deck is also go wide. Plus one, plus one counters and stuff. So, would you play you it play in, this in three colors? Mm-hmm. In three colors, that seems. If your mana base is insane, you want to play this on turn three, though, right? It it gets worse on turn, I mean, like significantly worse. And duels, you, you could definitely. You can, but it's, you just need the fully. You, know, you need the fetch shock mana base with triomes. Oh yeah, uh, and you can definitely. I think- you can easily do it on two, obviously one, but like three is like you have to make sure that your mana base, most of your most of your ramp and mana taps for green. That has to be an important thing. You have to figure it out yourself. All right. 
last card, Phil, bring us oh. home. What do you have? Oh. I don't even like this card, but we have to talk about it. This uh, wrecks me. It is Sunfall, five mana sorcery, exile all creatures, incubate X, where X is the number of creatures exiled this way, and to read incubate. Create an incubator token with X plus one plus one counters on it, and you can pay two, transform this artifact, transform it into a zero zero Phyrexian artifact creature token. Um, yeah, that is uh, another farewell effect that Exa has my beautiful board. Uh, at least you get a token for it, which, can I play this in Manius Kaga? It will exile him though, so no, I don't know. <laughs> I hate that everything exiles now. I want indestructible to mean something. <laughs> it is pretty uh, good, though. And the incubate token is going to be huge. I've seen people be really hyped for this card. I'm honestly not convinced I play this card. I, Ooh, I, nice. I'm i not sure. I'm not sure. Like, I'm curious what y'all think. So exiling is definitely an upside. But when I think about White Wrath, it like six mana or even five mana a little bit with Cleansing Nova. You get like flexible Wrath that can hit artifacts, enchantments. And then if you just want to be efficient, you have like Vanquish the Horde, which is often going to be like two mana. Is this card is this card actually worth playing in a generic? Like if I had token synergies or cared about incubates or something, then I'd be kind of hyped for it. But I don't know. Does Exile make up for its lack of flexibility and efficiency? So I'll, I'll give you all the exile wraths. So farewell. Okay, yep. that exiles literally anything. Descend upon the sinful. That's six mana. Mm-hmm. And then Fisherman. you can make an angel if you have delirium. You have final judgment. Six mana. Exile everything. Merciless eviction. Where you get to choose one between artifacts, creatures, enchantments, or planeswalkers. Exile them. Uh, that's Orzov. Yeah, and nice. uh, that's it. So this is actually the cheapest exile wrath that we have <laughs> at five mana. But how much does that matter? Like, is is exiling worth paying a mana or two more than Vanquish the Horde or a mana more or, like, uh, giving up the opportunity to play a steward command? Like, how big of an upsile is exiling? I mean, so you, you have the indestructible cards, right? This gets around yeah. that. It recursion is... Graveyard recursion. Yeah, a big one. It does not save you against the various protection. You guys are downplaying that you're getting, like, a free 10-10 out of this as well. Like it's I still play Phyrexian Rebirth in my budget decks. Like, oh, yeah. and every single time I do that, it it really overperforms. Like, I usually have like a fifteen fifteen after the fact. I, I wipe the board. I put like a fifteen fifteen Phyrexian creature token on the battlefield, and then if I have like Lightning Greaves or something, somebody's dead. Like, I just wipe, and then oh, you don't have any blockers anymore. I'll take fifteen to the face. Uh, this one is a little bit. Uh, well, it's more expensive if you do it that way. But the, the premise is still the same, um, where you do have this huge threat as a payoff. That's how, like, will I run this over Farewell? No. Will I run this over, like, Austere Command or Cleansing Nova? Mm, probably not, too. But, like, but, <laughs> so like, you're but, a believer. You're but play then, are, but how many rats can <laughs> you, you play cutting? before this is just unplayable? Like, if you're I not going like to play it over rats, this so, is a that cut. But yeah. I, I feel mean, pretty safe if I run this and Farewell and maybe. Cleansing Nova or something. Like, exiling is... It prevents death triggers. Yeah. Like, exiling is really devastating for some That's decks. That's true. Um, White oh, Wrath Fear List. <laughs> I really yeah. like yeah. exiling things. <laughs> everybody's everybody's on we... graveyard decks these days, and I like I like making them cry. That's I mean, where I'm it's... here for. 
it is powerful to get rid of stuff forever. We see that with Farewell. Like, it is, that is a very powerful effect. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it makes like a, I imagine I play Farewell over it. Us, yes. your command, vanquish the horde. So then that's three rats that I think I would play over it. And then if we're I'm running to... Lightning Greaves, this card like goes goes up like 10, 10 points. So you put a lot of value in the incubate then. I was thinking it's... that was mostly like a throwaway fringe benefit. Like the it's like a ten ten or something. Like it's that a ten really... ten. Like on an empty even if you're not like immediately smashing somebody in the face, like now you have a ten ten blocker. Who's gonna mess with you? But would yeah. you rather have a tempted, or would you rather remove all artifacts and enchantments from the battlefield? Yeah, I want both. Like you know so what I mean? I'm, like... I'm definitely running Farewell. I'm definitely running Onto Inversion. I like Onto Inversion a lot, too. And then after that, I'd probably run Sunfall, you know? Like, I want so to have a flexible board wipe in my, in my deck, for sure. So I guess it depends on how many Rass you play. It sounds like it's not quite in the tip-top tier of Rass for Commander, but... Maybe it's high enough up the list that it still makes it. It's a solid yeah, I, number. I, four I play a lot of rats, and I wouldn't play this unless, Ooh. like, I keep Ooh. getting blown out by people's uh, whatever graveyard shenanigans. For free. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah. Because like, if you if you go through the tier list, right? I don't even. So there, there's farewell, right? But then there's undo inversion. There's our revelation. There's vanquish mm-hmm. the horde. Austere command. Cleansing nova. Right. And then you have it, like there's instant speed rats like route. Or whatever, right? Would you, you value that route. above this, right? <laughs> like, there's a lot more utility things that start happening. And then, if you're in other colors, you have Merciless Eviction, Blasphemous Act, Toxic Deluge. So, unless you're running like a billion rats, like, you got to make a cut. And it's like in the lowest tier of playable rats, I think. Uh, but <sighs> I think people are underselling the token. The token is useful. But I don't know if I want to give up destroying like artifacts and enchantments and stuff like that for it. There's also the new wrath, the like the the Mortal Combat wraths, where like everyone keeps a creature. Uh, uh, so you can also play those kind of wraths as well, right? And speaking of new wraths, the other thing that's happening is it seems like we keep getting more and more like archetype specific wraths that are not like technically wraths, but if you're in tokens, it's like a wrath for you. If you're in legendary tribal, it's a wrath for you, which I think like makes generic wraths slowly trend down in value just because you can play like a more on theme or like depending on your archetype you might have a wrath that's specifically very good in your deck even though other people wouldn't play it all right but played against phil he's terrified of it oh yeah <laughs> <Exile> it all <laughs> yeah i mean play, the fact that oh, death oh, triggers this, don't this, this, oh this hurts your it hurts the realm breaker seth are we are we gonna play this Oh <laughs> yeah. Hmm. <laughs> on second thought. <laughs> oh wait, no, it doesn't wait. It doesn't hurt Realm Breaker. No, wait. It only excels creatures. It's fine. Oh yeah, we're, we're good. good. We're good. Yeah, we're good. It, it kills my spirited companion, Sun Titan. Forever. Boots, yeah. But, this yeah, does no. kind of wreck Richard. Maybe Richard is downplaying this because he's afraid of yeah. exile a yeah. spirited companion. Yeah. And he's out of well, the game. He's saying, yeah. he's saying how he how how he doesn't ever play farewell. Yeah. Like, exactly. Well, right? If I'm not playing like the most powerful White Wrath because it wrecks my own deck, this is. Insanely strong against so just play me. it against yeah. Play PSA, against Richard. Play farewell against Richard. He hates it. If if there's a secret rendezvous spirited companion abuser in your pod, you should definitely <laughs> play football. Abuse but, secret <laughs> All right, so that concludes uh, kind of the the our hype list for March of the Machine. Uh, what are you guys hyped about? Let us know what cards you want to build around. 
Let me know if you can break dance with the calamity. I'm actually curious. Yeah. What other weird things are we missing? And uh, I think this is a pretty exciting set for Commander. I, I guess all sets are now excited for Commander. But there seems to be a lot of really high-powered cards and a lot of new build-around me's. And then, of course, all the team-ups. All the team-ups will allow you to mash your colors and have fake partner pairings. Uh, so the set seems pretty hype. Excited to see where it goes. So let us know in the comments what you want to see, uh, what you're going to build, maybe link your decks, and then uh, we'll see you all here back next week. See you, everyone. Battle to your list. Goodbye. Okay,